Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the next instalment of the DNA podcast. Been a little while, I feel, since the last one, due to the amount of messages that I've had from people saying, when's the next one going to be? When's the next one? I've had a few people actually kicking right off about it. So my apologies for not getting one of these out sooner to all of you guys that have been waiting for it. But that moment we were allowed to go out fishing, I made hay whilst the sun shone and just went out straight away on that Wednesday, the minute my syndicate said that we were allowed to go fishing. Sorry, it wasn't the Wednesday, it was announced on the Wednesday, but we weren't allowed to actually start until the Saturday. So yeah, you know, it was almost like bringing back memories of the start of the season again, you know, all them years ago, you know, when the season wouldn't start till June the 16th and you had that, you know, three-month period off. Uh, Yeah, it all felt very similar, you know, turning up to draw day as such to your syndicate and not knowing whether you're going to get a swim due to the amount of people that would obviously be there on that first night. So, yeah, didn't get much sleep on that Friday night, let me tell you, but I... Well, funny enough, um, I didn't get any sleep at all on that Friday night. I had to go and um, get a boat that was hidden on another water, which a bit of a long story sort of thing. But um, but yeah, ended up having to spend a night in a car park, just sort of had the had the bed chair up outside the van, and. and yeah, there was a lot of people about, put it that way. Uh, a lot of riffraff goes on around that area where I had had this boat hidden, hence me hiding it on an island. And um, yeah, they were ball bearing, like at 1am in the morning, ball bearing the, uh, the gate, the sort of fence that was shutting them off from getting into this car park area that I was in. So it's like a, a mini sort of compound that you can fit six or seven vans in and there was obviously only my van in there and uh my bed chair up and another bailiff's van was in this car park as well who was out on on the pond itself anyway doesn't matter but um but yeah i didn't get much sleep that friday night there was a lot of um going ons all night i could hear pellet guns going off ball bearing the fencing like i've said and uh, and yeah, that went on till the early hours of the morning. So yeah, didn't get much sleep that evening. But boat and all that went semi-okay. I forgot how heavy my boat is. And to try get like like where you where you um, reverse the van onto this boat launch area, you're at a slight hill sort of thing. You know, the van's up at an eight, and trying to pull that boat into the back of the van. If anyone was watching it. Uh, you would have died with laughter, I'm sure, because it was just so comical, me trying to drag this boat into the back of the van. Managed to get it in there. Like I said, spent, you know, I did myself a little barbie. I was getting all my kit ready, to be honest with you, because during lockdown, 
I hadn't really, you know, sort of had the chance, to be honest with you, to sort my kit out. You know what it's all like, you know, the, the missus wants you to do this, that and the other, because we're all at home at that point. I had a lot of live feeds to do, and I won't bore you with, you know, all the other things that I've had to do, you know, sort of other vids going on, little tip videos, etc. And uh, so, yeah, I didn't really have time to sort my kit out. So that Friday night, whilst I was in the car park, getting bits ready, you know, getting all fresh rigs tied, whilst I was there and yeah just really excited for for it all to start the next day so I got over over onto the syndicate and yeah there was only sort of 15 people I believe that turned up for the draw which you know I was well it was fairly quiet considering you know people are still obviously off work and what have you well some people were some people weren't but um, a lot of people you know the majority of people are off work and I just thought there would be more than 15 people there so yeah draw was made I come out eighth in the draw thing is I that wouldn't matter if I'd have come out first or, or, or last to be honest with you I barely knew the names of the swims on that lake anyway um, it's obviously a boat in lakes, so you have to get your boat checked over and whatnot, life jackets checked, sign your disclaimers, that was all done and I ended up uh, on one of these islands, funny enough, bit of a theme going on here I suppose, um, there's there's swims, uh, there's two you know fairly large islands I, I suppose, one of the islands is, I don't know, three acres maybe and the other one's about an acre and a half. And each of them have got swims around them sort of thing. So you're fishing off of two islands, a majority of it anyway. There is obviously bankside swims as well. But uh, yeah, I ended up on the furthest island away, basically pretty much one the furthest swim away from the car park area was where I, uh, I drew. So got into that swim and yes, oh, it's been so many years since I've done fishing with like an aquascope uh, for people that don't know what that is or a glass bottom bucket you know it uh, what it looks like for people that don't know like a traffic cone with a bit of glass in the bottom and sort of like a goggle section at the very top and when you put it underwater you can obviously see you know you get a clearer vision of what's you know you're underwater basically you know you're seeing what's going about anyone that's scuba diving would understand you know um anyway rabbiting on but uh, it's been a long time since i've done that sort of fishing i did it many years ago sort of down in the french alps uh, fishing a lot of the public lakes and using a, an actual glass bottom bucket which was a nightmare because you have to have a towel over your head i'd actually made this myself uh, now you can buy dedicated ones, but I'd actually just cut out a bit of uh, a bit of the bottom of the bucket at that time and put a bit of glass in the bottoms, window fitting back then and whatnot, and uh, just siliconed it in. But the problem is you had to then have a towel over your head because you couldn't quite see in it properly. Well, now with these ones where it's got the goggle section one end, you know, you don't need to do that. It's just your eyes looking in as it cones out. So... Yeah, amazing, amazing fishing if you ever sort of get the chance to do it and all that. You really get a look into the, their world, you know. You really know exactly where your rigs are going, how your bait's landing on the bottom. And yeah, really enjoyable fishing. So I've managed to get three rods out. Really happy with them. Found some lovely, lovely spots. And yeah, next morning, first morning, ended up having a bite. So yeah, really, really cool fish as well. Like what? One of the guys that was there that um, that saw the fish on the boat whilst I was having uh, taking some photos, uh, 
he's fished it for four years, I believe, so knows a lot of the stock that's in there. And he said, he said to me, you know, that is the best looking fish he's ever seen come out of there. So yeah, I was proper buzzing, you know. Now, I, I could tell, you know, from looking at the fish how amazing it was, but it's nice to wear them things, you know, about the stock when you're new to a place, you know. So yeah, pretty cool to have caught that one on my first morning. And uh, and yeah, we're, we may have a bit of a filming project going on. So you might not have seen sort of any uh, photos or whatnot that I've posted up in a minute, just holding it back for a minute to uh, sort of see how this filming project we've got coming up in a week's time, I believe it is, or it might even be two weeks or so. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but, you know, in the meantime, I'll, I'll update all of you listeners on here as to how that's going. I've just, funny enough, um, got back from another session. So this this would have been my second session that I've done. Nothing really else happened uh, that session. The next morning, they just didn't show up. You know, they weren't showing or nothing. I moved into a couple of other swims, but uh, I won't sort of bore you with all that because not a lot else happened, to be honest. More exploring the place, you know, especially a new venue and whatnot. You want to be in a boat most of the times and, you know, checking out all, all the likely looking areas around the pond. And there's plenty of them, let me tell you. Yeah, it's a very cool lake and I'm thoroughly enjoying the fishing over there. I was going to do this uh, podcast from the bank, funny enough, but um, yeah, all the planes have kicked back in. So it's like every, you know, few seconds, the bloody plane would go over and it'd be a bit of a nightmare to uh, have done this podcast from the bank, which was what I was intending on doing. And um and yeah, that it didn't sort of go to plan. It sort of semi went to plan. I found some fish that were were just incredible looking creatures, some absolute monsters, and you know, one one of which was quite friendly at the boat, a very big carp, a very, very big carp, and it hasn't been caught for nine odd years and then it was caught at 50 something pound, you know, and uh, it's not been caught since. They seem to think it's uncatchable. Uh, by the sounds of things, this fish gets seen quite a lot and hasn't been caught, like say, for nine years and what. I don't know the full story, it's just hearsay at the moment from people, but what I was looking at was colossal, you know. So, uh, so yeah, to see, to see that, incredible. And then I got to see King of the Pond, um, only due to the fact that the fish started spawning. So they started at like 3 a.m. in front of me. So I had to reel in, reeled the rods in and just sort of sat there watching them, you know, from the bank, not disturbing them in the boat or anything, from the bank and just sat there, yeah, watching them have a spawn in the morning. So yeah, um, trip got cut short, reeled in and uh, now I'm back home talking to all you lot sort of thing. So yeah, this, it will be documented what I'm doing over there at the moment. Like I say, I've got a bit of a filming project going on. Can't really say a lot at the minute, you know, of what's going on exactly until we sort of shoot it and see how it all pans out, you know. It's fishing at the end of the day. You never know, quite know how it's going to go, and especially with it being such a new venue to me. And I've only done two trips there. You know, the filming side of things could go either way. So, yeah. Uh, more on that um, as it progresses sort of thing. So coming up in this podcast, I had an amazing uh, chat with Ollie Sanders about quite possibly the best looking fish in Horton. You know, some may say in the country, some may say, you know, in the Colne Valley or what, what have you. But uh, yeah, a fantastic fish, which um, 
which I won't give away what fish it is. You'll have to obviously, you'll, uh, you'll obviously get the gist throughout the interview as I speak to Wally about um, his, you know, sort of what got up to in the lockdown period and what have you, and obviously this magnificent capture that he had out of Horton. So without further ado, let's get on with the podcast, get on with the interview with Ollie Sanders. So welcome to the podcast, Ollie Sanders. How are you, mate? Not too bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, so I'm all right. I am all right. Although I've been working flat. Everyone that I've been talking to has been like, oh, I've been bored, sat at home, just pissing the missus off. Well, I have been flat out and at it <laughs> since... Lo- I think I've been more busy since lockdown, to be honest with you, than I have... Um, yeah, since, you know, not being able to get out on the bank and all that, you can wing it a little bit more, do you know what I mean? Oh, can you do this? Can you do Well, unfortunately, I am out on the bank and pull the old, oh, I've got to go to work, babe, card, you know, when really you're just going fishing one of them. So, but when you're at home, yeah. everyone knows you're at home, don't they? So there's no excuses at all whatsoever. It's like, yeah, exactly. get this live feed done, get that live feed done. Oh, it's an hard life, I suppose, eh? <laughs> What about you, dude? Yeah, what, I mean, I suppose... what... Sorry, go on. What about you? I mean, what 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 have you been up to in lockdown? Yeah, I mean, since since the whole lockdown thing happened, the, the job I was on at the time was in somebody's house, so that stopped completely, and I've literally spent the, se- the last seven weeks living at my girlfriend's parents' house. Mm. Um, it was all bad timing, so I'd been staying over here anyway while her parents were away on holiday, yeah. and then just as I was due to then go back home, my mum contracted the virus, so then she was like, right, don't come home, I've got the virus, I've got to isolate, Oh. so then I stayed here, um, and she, she's fine now, she was, she was all good after sort of 10 days or so, Right. but right, she, um, because she works in a care home, mm. she's having to go into these rooms where they've got you know, infected residents and all that lot. So I've basically been staying at the missus for the last like three and a half months. Right, um, right. Which has been fine. I mean, she's been working full time, so I've just been sat around at home, just wandering around. I, I got that bored. I even took up running. I mean, <laughs> any, any, anyone, yeah, anyone who knows me is going to crease up about it. I actually started going out running, and it did last a little while. And I started getting all right at it, and then um, and then my head turned to the fishing side of things, and then I started ordering a few bits, just getting prepped up, ready for the season ahead. Really, yeah. Yeah, I mean the amount, um, the amount of people that were ordering bait on lockdown was quite hilarious, to be honest with you. And I, yeah, I and, yeah. and I don't think people were going out actually, you know, fishing on the sly and whatnot. I think people just like, yeah. you know, I was sort of so, funny enough. I was saying to Paul, you know, whilst it was going on in lockdown, that, you know, we were still doing orders and whatnot. And and I think people just like ordering you know bits and bobs and even bait you know there's nothing better than getting some new pop-ups and whatnot in there and you're opening the lids getting yourself going for it you know and i think a lot of that was yeah. going on in lockdown to be honest yeah it's it's funny isn't it it's, it's almost like us anglers like we treat bait and tackle that like we're kids in a toy shop yeah mate. you just order even if you go to a tackle shop, you pick up half the stuff you pick up. You don't even need, but you think, "Oh, that looks cool. I'll buy that." You've gone and got yourself a bed chair. Yet a month later, another one comes out, and it's a slightly different colour. And you think, "Oh yeah, oh that looks cool. I'll go for that." <laughs> yeah. These people just spend fortunes on it, but it's the same, isn't it? This time at the moment, everyone's sitting around at home. Mm. They want to try and get their fishing fit. 
like you say, they're ordering a little bit of bait or they're ordering a little bit of tackle, a new yeah. rod or something like that. And did you order I'm much? Play, did, you know, it's one of those. Did you order no, much? Did you go honest, overboard? No, I, I didn't go too mad. What with me not working and everything, I had to be really careful. Yeah. Um, so I just ordered the essentials. I, I've set myself up a new floater kit, like a new floater set up with a new like, bag and everything like that. I just tied up a load of floater rigs, oh, knowing nice. that that was probably likely when we were going to get back out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was basically about it, to be honest. I just focused on that side of it. I, I was pretty organised anyway before we went into lockdown. Um, so, yeah, it, it was just a case of just checking everything over, writing a little shopping list sort of thing. So I didn't go too mad. I right. just what I needed. Yeah. Have you been out float fishing? Have you managed to get out at all? No, I went, I went out last weekend um, and I was looking for every opportunity to have them on the surface, but there just was not one fish on the surface whatsoever. So <laughs> I haven't been able to put it to good use yet. Oh, that's um, a shame. What with them now spawning as well. So I think oh, it'll be no. a little while longer yet until... The old floating kit comes out. Yeah. It's typical, isn't it? You can write it. I know, <laughs> you man. Come out of lockdown, that's it. They all start spawning. <laughs> oh, no, it's not but... the one, is it? It's not the one no. at all. So you're, um, you're fishing in general. I, th- I suppose most of your fishing, um, which uh, has, like before the main story that I'll talk to you about, which will be Horton a little bit later on, you used to flutter around a lot of day ticket waters, I take it. You know, quite a few of the popular ones as well, by Linear, Farlows, etc. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, yeah, that was it was basically all my fishing ever was. It was just, I'm not really sure how it came about. I just, there was just the places you see online, you think, oh yeah, them fish look nice, and you just sort of travel around. And I always like going somewhere different. Like, mm. it was just like a new adventure, like, even if it was a different lake on a complex, it was something new. And I always yeah. liked that exciting side of it. Yeah, um, yeah. The only downside to that, as we all know, is the day tickets are really busy. But because I've done that for so many years, I've never really thought any different. I just assumed that was the way angling was nowadays. Right, really? Um, so a lot of it's just, yeah, a lot of it's just just dropping in between anglers. You know, there's one swim free on a whole bank and I just drop in there and just try and make the best of the situation. Yeah, and that's but, basically all my fishing's been for years. Yeah, um, and then and then you went and joined Horton, and nothing changed. You had to slot yeah, in. A... Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, join, join myself a syndicate. Never done a syndicate before, and I'd hear rumours that it's all a bit clicky and all this lot, and it's trying to get your own thing going. And I was like, yeah, I fancy a bit of that new adventure. Go there, and it's busier than linear. Like, <laughs> like, I was going there before, and it's like everyone's doing like the swim shuffle. Everyone's jumping around buckets here there and everywhere i'm like yeah i could have just gone to linear <laughs> yeah exactly and saved yourself a lot of money uh doing it and all yeah exactly i mean syndicates are, are well worth it if you do plenty of nights aren't they like if, especially yeah. when you look at the price of day tickets nowadays mm. so I suppose if you do the time, a syndicate ticket's not too bad, actually, when you work out how cost-effective it would be. Yeah. It's all right. But for me, yeah, it was a big old outlay, especially not knowing how much time I was going to get. Yeah, definitely. Um, But, yeah, you know, I'm I'm not not setting aside anything from the day tickets. I absolutely love them, and I still go there on a regular basis. It's still fun for me. It's good for socials, good to get a bend in the rod. Um, it'll always play a big part in my fishing going somewhere like that so. yeah what would you say is your favourite venue that you've ever been to you know day ticket wise for people out there that oh, you know should go really good one. sort of go somewhere you know sort of inspire someone that might be sat at home thinking oh, I can't be asked to go it's too busy you know try and inspire someone what day ticket water would you personally go to 
do you know what? I'd probably have to say one of the ones that is probably right up there would have to be somewhere like Farlow's. Yeah, on a simple right. basis that you've basically got pretty much every angling situation you could think of on there. Yeah. Like when it comes to the summer, they're really good for the floater fishing. You've got loads of little margin spots and stuff so you can do little, you know, edge traps and stuff like that if that's your thing. You can bait out in the middle and put three rods on a spot if you want to sort of do your big hit style fishing. Yeah, it's proper um, wicked. And you've got the small, yeah, you've got the weeds, you've got the gravel, you've got a bit of everything. Mm. It's just one of those places you can go to, and it's literally got everything in one lake. Yeah. And you've got, you, you know, you've got Lake Two and that as well, which I've, I've had the old go on here and there. Yeah, yeah, which um, has got some absolute. Well, both of them have got mega carp in, haven't they? The pair of they them. They have, haven't they? Yeah. Oh, mate, they are lovely. The pair of them. Yeah, I mean other waters as well. So like. Some other ones of my favourites is Orchid. I love going to Orchid, especially in the autumn and the winter. Mm, mm. Um, Linear's always, you know, Linear's one of the biggest ones in the country, isn't it? It's one of the most popular. Yeah. Gravel pit, you know, that's that's always good fun. If I want to go and do a bit of big hit fishing, that's normally the first place I'll go to. Yeah, you're not, you've, done, um, you've done a bit on B2, and yeah, is that right, B2? Yeah, B2's always, it's always been one of those ones where you go up there and you have every intention of wanting to get on St. John's or Manor or yeah, yeah. something like that and think, yeah, I fancy a real built-in carp. And then it's a bit busy and you think, oh, I can't quite get on here. And, and then you go down to B2 and one of the really decent swims is free and you think, oh, yeah, let's just drop in there. And it's just... It's just a nice one because I've got to know the place quite well now and it's just nice to drop on there feeling confident straight away. And you, it's, you can normally get a swim quite easily on there, I find, like especially compared to all the other lakes. The other, St. John's, Manor and Oxley, Oxley tends to be the ones that fill up the quickest. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yep. like going somewhere like B2 and that. I think people try and, people go to Linear now, I think, for bigger fish, don't they? They see Brazenose ones now smacking out 30 pounders left, right and centre. Yeah. And I just, I just think that you know, this, the lakes like B2 that have maybe got a slightly less, lesser-sized average mm, um, mm. Than, than the other lakes. It's, yeah, it's just been one of those, really. I think it's just out of, out of sheer coincidence of me just settling in, really. I just thought two's an easy option. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've seen you have some big hits on on B2 and stuff like that. You know, is there a certain tactic that you always use that, you know, you have big hits out of there on or is it your typical you know linear mix and this that and the other quite often it's probably been your typical linear mix i mean i've you know don't get me wrong i've not had hits you know like certain other anglers on there do but i certainly have my fair share of them when i go and i've i've never blanked when i've gone i've always had a decent number of cup you know i've always gone home satisfied yeah, but yeah, yeah, most of the time it would be, you know, like your hemp, a little bit of corn and, and sort of 10, 12 mil boilies. I normally take the S7 when I go there. Right. Um, and then and then I just fill the bucket to the brim with liquids, whatever liquids I've got on me. Mm. And I always make sure I've got plenty of spot syrups, that sort of thing, and yeah. just get, get as much liquid into the water as I can. And that normally tends to pay off. Not, sometimes it's a bit of a slow start, but if you keep going with it, they always turn up. Yeah, mate. Um, Do you? Um, it's like sort of distance fishing on B two. Is that right? You know, is there a lot of it distance fishing on there, or do you just fish to you know where you're comfortable with, or do you? Because um, yeah, I I'd, I'd say fish to where you're comfortable with. It's I've seen guys. I mean, there was one session I did do, and I was fishing out. I think it was about hundred yards, something like that, to a gravel patch, and then. I just, I just was struggling. It was taking too long for me to get a bite. And I was like, something's not right here. Mm. And I noticed in there was like a bait. I was just on the right-hand side of the point, And there's like a bait to your right-hand side. 
Yeah. And that day, I've never seen it so black with carping all my life. So many of them literally all just pushed in there, and I was underarming four-foot zigs out and just getting bites like that. <laughs> I didn't even use any bait afterwards. Wait. I mean, I put, must have put the best part of a bucket of bait out in 100 yards out, and then I didn't even end up fishing it. <laughs> I ended up just catching them on zigs close in, like, underarming out, like, just down the margin sort of thing. It was mental. Yeah, so think, cool. Big gravel pit like that, you can still catch them out the edges, especially up the top end where it's a lot shallower, yeah. much shorter range fishing. Um, but I think the accuracy is the key on there. I think if, you know, if you can't if you cast 100 yards, go back to somewhere that's more comfortable, find somewhere clean, give it some bait, and, and if they're in the area, they'll visit you. Yeah, it's, mate. It's, um, it's not a difficult water. Mm. What sort of area did did you grow up sort of fishing in then, Ollie? Because you you're Kent. Are you from Kent? Is that right? Yeah, Kent. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And what sort? You know, so, I mean, Kent's got a lot of waters that way. Am I right in saying that as well? It has. Yeah, you you are quite sport for choice around Kent. Um, but to be honest with you, I've not I've not done loads on like the real you know the the well known carp waters around here. I, I haven't really. I think all my younger years I was more of an all rounder. I just sort of enjoyed whatever yeah whatever yeah. made the float slide away. If you know what I mean, yeah. it was just one of those. Um, I had a, a small club ticket, and they had like a, a little junior pond, which is where I caught carp from. And I sort of spent a few years on there just having fun. Um, and then it because. It, it, a big part of it as well was when you can't drive when you're a youngster mm. and it was the, se- the second I could drive that was when I started going to better day tickets and I started thinking okay that one's got you know that one's got more 20 pounders in or that one's got a 30 and I'll, I'll have a go for a 30 you know and yeah that sort of thing so to be honest around Ken I've never really done any serious one but I did um I did a water on the Medway Valley complex on um, one of the tickets on there one of the smaller lakes yeah but just just didn't really feel it on there. It, it, it was a lovely place, but I, ju- I just don't think it was for me. Right. Um, so I didn't really do masses of time. And then that was around the time when I started looking further afield anyway. Right, got And you. because I just enjoyed all the other pits so much, I just never really stayed local. Yeah, yeah. So then, sort of, what well, obviously, floating around day ticket waters and stuff, how did the Horton sort of thing come about then? So... Well, it was like a lot of people do you're just scrolling around on instagram or facebook and whatnot and obviously the whole thing with raysbury and all that like everyone's known about horton and raysbury and all those sort of waters in the yeah. Cold valley for years and um i just happened to be looking online somewhere and i just i just see this lake with just these enormous carping and then some of these real ancient old looking black scaly ones and i was like they're, they're just a different world like some the day tickets i were fishing like even linear and stuff like that, you know, don't get me wrong, they're lovely fish, but these, these fish were just a different, you know, from a different world. Yeah, almost. entirely, yeah. And it, I, there was just, there was just something about it, I thought, I, I just want to, I want to go for something, you know, something mega, something incredible, mm. and like something to really like target myself on and actually just spend a whole year fishing one lake, yeah. and seeing what I can make of it. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, there, there was a, a particular carp in there that I, was, I just thought, okay, it's, it's like the, do you know what? It's the first time I've ever actually looked at a carp and thought, I need to catch that one. Yeah. I, like, I won't rest until I've got that in my landing net. Yeah, and I've yeah. never really had that before. I've never really looked at a carp. Like, you look at certain other ones, you know, big name ones that are in, in various wars and think, mm. oh, yeah, I have to catch that. But, but you know when it's different and you know when you think, no, like, I, si- I seriously want to catch that. Like, yeah, that is a yeah. mega carp. Yeah. And he's one of them. And then, do you know what? I just I put myself down the waiting list, and it took me three years before I got the phone call to say, you know, you can have your ticket. Right. Um, 
and it was it was one of them. And then it came up, and I just did everything I could to make sure I could get the money in time. And then that was it. It was, it was a new adventure. It was somewhere different. Yeah, well, um, well, comp- well, I would t- like to say entirely different from sort of linear, but uh, I suppose it was a bit of a culture shock when you first got over there of how busy it sort of was, wasn't it? Am I right in saying that? Yeah, well, I would like to have said that it was going to be different as well, but do you know what? It, I think to a lot of people it was very shocking, and loads of people were like, it's in, it's in, it, excuse me, it's, it's insane of how busy it is, mm. but if you think, if I've been fishing waters like linear and stuff, where you're driving around until somebody's packing up and you're dropping a bucket in there, yeah. and then just waiting around for a couple of hours to drop in a swim, the the sort of the turnaround of anglers at Horton was, was no different. So yeah. to me, I actually felt quite comfortable with it because I'd, I'd been fishing around it for so long anyway. Mm. Mm. So there was loads of other people in the lodge and all this, and they were going... Oh, this is this is ridiculous! Like, oh, I'm 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 going over to K1 or whatever. And they go over to other lakes because there's more swims and they've got more chance of just getting a swim. Yeah. But for me, I was like, no, do you know what? I'm happy to wait. I'll go sit in the lodge. I've, like, feels like I've got a good swim that I've put a bucket in. So I'll just sit around and I'll chill out. Go walk around, like you know, introduce myself to some of the other members. How was um, it? how was it? Was there a draw done then? Was there for that for that opening night? Was you there for the opening yeah, night? I, I take it. No, I. I, I, I didn't really bother. I left it about a week before I went because I just assumed that first day of the season, loads of people are going to want to go yeah. and I'm not really going to want to... I'm not going to have a... If I come out in a draw, I'm going to have no idea where I want to be or anything like that. So I thought, just let the, let the instant rush just phase out. Yeah. Everyone gets settled in their swings and then when people start going home, I thought I thought to myself, oh yeah, a few people would have pulled off now. They would have booked their week off work on Danner and gone home. Well, it, mm. was, it was probably even busier then. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, oh, mate, it's just insane. There, there was one spot, right? So there's the first four swims that you see almost from from sort of the, I think it's like the northeast corner where the lodge is. Yeah. And it's, you've got the plateau, one up, two up, and salt circle, I believe. And it was so funny. Everyone had buckets behind them. But when the lad who in the first swim would go, they'd all shuffle up one. They all wanted to just get closer to the top end. So it was just a case of, oh, yeah, well, I'll drop in there because then in, like, three nights' time, he's going to move and then I can go up one and then I'll do another three nights. There are people on there doing, like, two-week, three-week sessions. Mate. And I was like, I, I don't understand how, like, how are you guys even funding this? Like, I don't get it. I know. Like, it was just insane. Like, and how can you compete with that? Somebody's willing to sit there for eight, ten nights before they get into a swim that they <laughs> want to be in. Oh, that's just... And me turning up just every other weekend, you know, just doing two nights every fortnight. Yeah. Was, um, it was certainly a challenge, but it was just, you know, it's one of those things. You just, that's the way it is. You and, you, and you have to have be to on get... site as well, because like they, it's quite, you know, a heavy, it's probably the heaviest bucket system I've ever seen. Go, you got to have your name on a bucket, am I right in saying that? And Yeah, yeah, you have to have your name on your bucket so that they can see, so... I think that's basically to stop people putting loads of buckets in different swings. Yeah, yeah, um, I get that. Yeah, I suppose so they can get sort that, of kind yeah. of free up. I mean, that sort of thing did still happen occasionally, you've noticed. Um, but yeah, you're, all the while your bucket's in a swim, you have to be signed into that lake as well. They've got signed in and out. But yeah, yeah. So, so you can't just bucket a swim, go to work as such, and uh, wait your turn. No. You've got to be on site. Is I, that right? I'll tell you one funny thing though. There was there was an angle. I was it was. It was one spring evening, I was sat there, and um, I was in the middle of having my dinner, and this bloke come down, he went, 
oh, how are you getting on, mate? And I was like, no, no, nothing yet. Like, had a bit of a chat. And he said, oh, I'm looking for a swim. Like, where would you recommend? And, it, like, bearing in mind, Horton is, isn't really one of those places where people say, oh, well, I, I've seen fish there. Like, why don't you try there? This, there's this spot. No, there. and yeah, people yeah. tend to, like, keep themselves to themselves. And, mm. it's, you know, everyone respects that. That's absolutely fine. But he asked me, and I had no problem. I said, look, I've seen a few fish show over in that swim over there. So, you know, that might be worth a shout. And I know it's free. Mm. Oh, okay, nice one. Cheers, mate. Off he went. See him stood in the swim opposite anyway, and I didn't think any more of it. Well, the following day, <laughs> I was sat there having a cup of tea with a fella next door, and he, the same boat pops in again. He went, oh, any luck last night or this morning? I said, no, no, how about you? How'd you get on? He went, no, I'm just taking my gear around there now. I was like, what are you on about? I thought, I'll see you in there last night. And he said, yeah, I'll put my bucket in there last night so I could get back this morning and still have the swim. I was like, please don't tell me you bucketed that swim all night and went home. Oh. <laughs> yeah. What he'd done is he'd gone round there and put the bucket in the swim, but he wasn't going to fish that night. Oh, so he went home, right. left the bucket oh, in there, oh, no. expecting to come back early the following morning and get straight in there at, like, first light. Right. Um, oh. Yeah, well, needless to say, that certainly didn't last long. Um, no. I think, I think in the end, I think somebody ended up trying to go in that swim at night like doing an overnight to see the bucket in then because somebody else had said it had been there ages he just booted it out the bank. Right. And then I, I, I think he ended up getting banned in the end for that. I think they found out who it was because his name was on his bucket. <laughs> and, um, oh yeah, I, well, he's the son, never saw him again. <laughs> so he must have got banned. <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, so you, you, you've got all sorts of things like that happening on there occasionally. And, you know, I think that's a big thing of why the the whole bucket thing is a good idea to have your name on it. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, I sort of get it. Once it's explained, stuff like that, you know, I get it that you've got to have your your name on the bucket and stuff like that. It just just seems a bit much, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? It is. It is a bit much, especially when you think about other places you've fished, you've never had to do anything like that before. I know, yeah. The thing is, it's just that the new sort of territory with it, and it's fair, I suppose, with it being so busy, you know, I, I can't, you know, I get... I get anxiety about big places, uh, busy places. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And it's a bit like I, I think with Horn as well is I, I think that I was I must have hit a stroke of sort of I don't know what you call it bad luck or something. But that, like the previous couple of years before I joined, it had been hit quite a lot with a lot of media. There had a lot of guys on there that were fishing that done really well, and there was a few videos floating around. Mm. So I think it just happened to. to culminated that year that I got my ticket was when loads of people wanted to do the church lake because they'd seen all these videos yeah and it, obviously the sales and the tickets went up and all that lot and it, they also brought in a black card which basically gave you the whole complex including mm. Raysbury mm. so people were then buying black cards to spend a bit more money knowing that they could still get on the complex and you know avoid a gold card waiting list so to speak so yeah you did have a lot of there was a lot more anglers than normal um so I think it was just one of those. I mean, I, I, you know, as well, I'm sure we'll go on to it later on. In my second season, it was nowhere near as bad. I think it was just unfortunate that my first year happened to be one of the busiest they'd ever seen. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, but, I popped but, over know, a few because uh, at the time I was fishing in the area and I did pop over a few couple of times. And yeah, yeah mate, you did, yeah. I just, I've never seen anything like, well, I have seen things like it obviously on day ticket waters but not quite like that i think i went over there one day and i'm sure every swim was taken 
and like down one side of the bank there was a bucket behind every single swim as well and i just thought wow this is madness you know absolutely and again hearing stories of people you know camping and um and waiting three or four days to get into a swim you know it just seems like wow you know that is busy (laughs) a proper busy Yeah, it's, it, it, when, when I look back now, it was mental. But yeah. at the time, I didn't really think a lot of it because I'd been used to busy waters and stuff anyway. I was like, oh, well, if I have to put a bucket in here to get on a fish, I have to do it. Like, it is what it is, and yeah. I'll go do a night somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. But you can't, you, can't, um, you can't bucket a swim and then go onto a different lake because you have to sign in. Yeah. If you want to say, for example, I wanted to go to Kingsmead, I'd have to sign out of Church Lake which meant I'm no longer allowed to bucket a swim. So you have to then stay on that lake. So mm. it meant that you just go and, you know, just basically camp somewhere else. You think, well, I'll go and just sit in there for a night and wait until matey boy goes home just so I can have a chance of catching one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's one of them, isn't it? You know, you, you, just have, you just have to get on with it. You've paid your money. You, you, you intend to fish there and there's certain fish you want to catch. Yeah. If that's what you've got to do to do it, then so be it. Yeah, um, mate, exactly. So that first season for you on there, talk, talk us through that. How, well, obviously, we know how busy it is, but, um, you know, how did that sort of end up going for you yeah. in your angling over there? It, it was a very slow start, to be honest. And uh, it, it, again, with any other place, you, you know, you're always trying to learn a lot as much as you can. Yeah. And I knew absolutely nothing. I, all I knew were the bits that you see of these, you know, the videos on YouTube, where a lot of it's fishing in the summer and stuff like that, and you see all these other things. So I knew I had a lot of opportunities to come, mm. and I knew that the chances I could get that I could make for myself were more suited to, to what I sort of enjoyed doing, sort of fishing in the margins and that. So during the during the start of the season, it, it was quite cold as well. We had quite a, I think we had quite a mild winter, but then the spring was really chilly. Yeah, we had a lot yeah. of hail and things like that, if I remember. Yeah, I remember, and, um, yeah. I just, I just spent a lot of sessions just, I, I, I think my first session I booked off a few days of work, so I ended up doing four nights, just thinking if I can just get in somewhere in the middle and just watch the water and just try and learn as much as I can. You know, absorbing bits of information I might get from other anglers if, if I'm fortunate enough. Yeah. Um, saw, saw a few. There was a couple caught while I was there. Um, and it was just one of those, really. I just sort of, every time I went home from a session, I'd just mark up, you know, thrash the water to a phone with a marker float, just plumb in every single spot I could find. Mm. And then go from there, really. And then I, then that's that one swim learned. And I was, you know, that swim mapper app on your phone. I just sort of logged everything I could in that app. Yeah. Um, so if I ever got back in there, at least I, I know the score. Yeah, I don't have yeah. to do it again. Which is an amazing so app as well. I, I can't believe more people don't yeah. use that app. You know, when you like, oh, I, I now use that everywhere I religiously go. Religiously, valuable to mm. me. If I ever lost that app, I'd be so upset. Well, it, a lot it, of it, a lot of it goes in the cloud anyway. Do you know what I mean? So, like, even you know, if you lose yeah, your phone, this, that, and the other, it's always there. You know. Yeah. But yeah, it amazes me uh-huh. how many people don't use that. That app is just—it's madness, to be honest with you. It's a bloody good yeah. app. Definitely. Oh no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was logging the spots in 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 there, and yeah. then I would. But I spent a lot of time. I think I did. I was doing. I ended up doing quite a lot of time in the spring because I started really thinking. Right, I'm learning a bit now. I need to get back. And usually, what I do, like with work, is if um, say if I finish a job a couple of days ahead of schedule or something like that, I just bring the other one forward. 
Right. Instead of doing that, I ended up leaving those days free and just getting back down there for another night or another couple of nights mm. during the week as well. Mm. And I ended up doing, I, I certainly did a lot more time than what I was planning to do. Um, but it was just, you know, I just thought, even if I just get in another swim, just get in a different one, have a go, and then map it out at the end of it. Yeah. And, and you know, and just work from there. And at least I just started building up a picture. And I, there was, it was quite, it was quite clear that a lot, most of the fish were being caught from the top end. There's a, a swim called the Plateau, mm. and it's like the only real, sh- like real feature on the lake, yeah. um, apart from the margin. So it's, it's it's quite deep all the way around it, and it comes right up. I mean, it's probably got to be about three foot all over, with the odd slight deeper hole amongst it. Mm. Um, and even though it was chilly, they were sort of the that was the only place that was consistently doing bites. Right. And it seemed to be, that was why, as I mentioned before, with that whole swim shuffling, everyone was moving up one swim closer to get to that one. And it was yeah. quite quickly I picked up on the fact, right, okay, before they spawn an early start of the season, everyone wants to be fishing up this top end. So then that was that was where I began to focus all my efforts on. Right. Um, was was just getting in, like, if I could get in one of those first four swims, I thought, okay, well, that's, that's not too bad. Or there's a few swims opposite as well that I had a bit of a go in as well. So... So I then narrowed it down, and I looked at the bays and stuff like that and thought, well, they're, they're not going to be in there. Some other anglers were generous enough to, to let me know that they don't really tend to get into the bays until after they spawn. So I thought, well, okay, well, that sort of narrows it down. Mm. You still have a look at it, didn't you? As you yeah, past, of course. Yeah, think, yeah. yeah, it's unlikely they're going to be there. So from quite early on, I managed to sort of narrow down the swim choices um, and start building up a picture of where I wanted to be, at least up until sort of May-June time anyway. Mm. Um and it was just a case of just dropping in on a Friday after work um, or even during the week if I had the opportunity and just plotting up somewhere and having a go, really. And I'd, a lot of times I didn't I didn't feel like I was on fish. That was the problem. But you weren't really seeing loads showing, certainly not for eight, like through April anyway, through that first month. Really? Um, yeah, it just wasn't. You'd get the odd one or two that would just pop their heads out and you'd think, OK, but that wasn't in your wall or anything like that. And you think, yeah, they're, they're not over me yet. Mm. But you'd still give it a go, and and it's. I think I ended up racking up. Yeah, I racked up about eighteen nights before I had my first bite. Right. So okay. it was a lot of time. That place will chew you up and spit you around. There was a lot of anglers as well mm. who would come on there thinking, yeah, here you go, it's Pigsville, you know, fucking yeah, yeah. like, what twenty forties in there, <laughs> yeah. still going, yeah, it's like a forty pound or a chuck, yeah, yeah. Lot. and they're coming. Somebody even come up to me and went, you know, church is a runs war, isn't it? <laughs> I was like, well, blooming hope it's not, because if it is, it's making me look terrible. Um, but, yeah, like loads of people, and what people do is they really struggle on there, and then they pull off and go on to Kingsmead. Yeah. They'll go and have a go on there. They'll get a couple of bites because there's a much, much better stock in there. Mm. Mm. And then they, you wouldn't see them again. They just enjoy themselves over there, and that was it. So yeah. church lakes certainly seem to sort, you know, pardon the pun, but sort the men from the boys. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of people then got a bit scared by it, especially when the weeds started growing. Mm. They they sort of thought, oh yeah, not really a bit of me, and then they all pulled off. So, it, but it meant you got a bit more space. It, yeah. meant it, it gave you more opportunities. You think, oh that, you know, you can actually get in a good peg now. Yeah. Um, and there was one session. It was quite. It, <laughs> it will um, it, it will still live to me until the day I die. Probably, I, I managed to get into that plateau swim. Right. And I turned up on a Friday after work thinking, here we go, it's going to be right over, same again, I'll just plot it anywhere. And um, that plateau swim was free. And I, no word of a lie, I don't think I've ever, like, you know when you try and subtly power walk, but really you're sort of half jogging. <laughs> yeah. And I just, like, 
pretty much pelted from my van straight to that swim and just put the bucket in there and then stood there watching. Yeah. And then, like, at the back of the swim, there's a set of steps that goes up to, like, a higher bank, mm. um, which is sort of almost where the ponds are and stuff by the lodge. So yeah. you get a slightly higher vantage point looking at the water. Because the, because it's so shallow on the plateau, you can sort of see where all the weeds growing and everything like that. And you could just see these black bags just drifting around. It was much warmer by then as well. So right. there was... You know, there were a lot more fish playing around. I think this was sort of, yeah, this was sort of early early May, I think, early to mid-May. Right, um, right. Some, yeah, something like that. Anyway, there, there was quite a lot of fish you could see, and you could just see the black shapes drifting around. And I thought, here we go. Got a chance. I've got a bucket in the swim, and I'm on them. Mm. I still did a lap anyway, but there, I couldn't see anything anywhere else. And um, that was it. It just dropped straight, and I couldn't believe it. Turned up on a Friday night after work, yeah, and I got in the flyer. Yeah, Yes. And that had, been, that had been doing bites as well. It was still consistent at this point. And there was, although there were bites happening elsewhere on the lake, they were the odd one or two here and there. Whereas this one, it seemed to be almost every other person or every few people that went in there mm. either had a bite or they had loads of liners or they had some kind of activity that like, that would give you the information you needed to know that there was a lot of fish there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, dropped in there, done two nights. I did literally everything you can possibly think of could not get a bite. I had one liner, and that was it. Wow. And I was like, but they're there. They're, they're, I could still see them. I kept going up into that high bank looking. I was like, how, how am I not getting a bite? Bringing in the rigs, they're still clean. Mm. Like, still fishing effectively. Tried zigs just amongst the weed and everything like that. Just could not get a bite. And then, like, a couple of other lads just walked past, and they were like, yeah, it's, it's strange, isn't it? Sometimes they'll do that. They'll be on you, but they're just not up for feeding. And I was like, yeah, but... You know when you feel like it should be happening? Yeah, it's not. yeah, yeah. Like, people can say, oh, yeah, they're just not up for it. But you're like, no, that if, if they're, they they should be feeding. Like, they should be on it now. Yeah. And they just weren't. And in the end, my, my time was up and I left. And another lad that dropped in there, um, and, you know, that was what I carried on working or whatever. And then I think two or three days later, um, <laughs> I see a thing pop up on Facebook of uh, the lad who, who dropped in behind me and he got another <laughs> 13 fish hit out of there. Oh, really? a big and a, like, 53 pound. Oh, I was like, don't. Are you having... <laughs> oh, I was over the moon for that bloke. And that, that the, the guy that was in there is an incredible angler anyway. Mm. Hats off to him anyway. And he did extremely well that season. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know when you think that, I, like, why didn't I get a bite? Mm. And that, yeah, that's happened straight after. It's like that the conditions didn't change. I think the wind swung around a little bit. But the yeah. fish were still there. Yeah. And it really played on my head. I really struggled with that. And I was like, what is it that I've done wrong? Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and you do that, don't you? You play around with your rigs and sitting at home tying different things up, thinking, no, oh, but these work. They, like, I've caught so many fishermen yeah, everywhere else. Yeah. They should work here. The angling situation is the same. Um, it, the only thing that's different is the lake and the carp. But I know other people have been fishing with similar methods and caught. Um, and that was it. And that, but that, that was like the real turning point for me on there was just how much that place can really chew you up and instead yeah, of mate. throwing me off and thinking oh do you know what I'll just go somewhere else I need to catch a fish it actually did the opposite for me oh nice and nice. I was like no I, I like I'm not going to rest until like but at that point I didn't care what fish it was I was like I just need to get a bite on it once I've got a bite and once I've caught one mm. I can then work on that I, that gives you something to work yeah on, yeah you know, definitely progress from there mm. I was like it's all about getting that first bite now whereas before I was you know you're thinking oh yeah I want to get one of them 40 pounders and stuff yeah like that. and then 
And then, like, a couple of weeks later, you're like, oh, yeah, I'd be well happy with the 30. <laughs> and they're <laughs> getting like, smaller and, and by smaller. The end of it, I was like, I was like, I would probably cry with emotion even if I caught a, like a five pound stocking. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just one of those. Um, and in the end, yeah, it was still, it was still apparent to be getting in that top end. So it was. I think I didn't get back for a few more weeks after that. And I think, I think I just had a couple of busy weekends working. I just couldn't get down there. So right. it's been a little while. Mm. And then I think it got to, it got to. But yeah, it was like it was probably in June. I think now. Um, early June, so it was about two, two to three weeks, I think, since I'd been down, mm. and dropped in a, I dropped in a swing called the Reeds, which is on sort of the opposite side to the lodge, a bit further down, more in the sort of the centre area of the lake. Right. Yeah. Um, and there was there was a lad in the swim next to the plateau, so it's just sort of fishing off the edge of it. Right. Um, okay. Next door, he was going the following day, and I thought, here we go, that's another opportunity to get up that top end. I'll go do a night in the Reeds mapped the swim out again found a really nice spot out there as well mm. and done the night there to no avail um moved into into one up the following um the following morning yeah and um yeah same again dropped in there and i noticed if you went really far right you you could just about get onto some shallower water yeah um if you went if you went any further left you were sort of in 14 15 foot of water and i didn't really want to be like that when it was like I mean, it was probably close to 20 degrees, I think, that day. Mm. So it was quite warm. I didn't really want to be in that deep water, mm. especially when you could see their backs out of the water. The yeah, of course. So, yeah, yeah. But the trouble is, you, you've got to be really careful there because if you go too far right, you could just end up upsetting the bloke next door and it, it's certainly not anything I ever do. So no. I sort of had a chat with them. They're like, yeah, yeah, go for it. You can, you can go there. You can go there. So it's all fine. And managed to find somewhere that just felt a little bit firmer and then I put one of them little grappling leads over it and it was just caked in that like candy flossy I, yeah, I don't know the, the, the silky, correct term for yeah, it and yeah. that horrible stuff that clings to your line Yeah. and in the end I spent four hours raking a spot because I got so fed up I was like I have to be here because the fish are here but I cannot find a spot on that shallower water that's going to help me and what like is going to help me present a baby. Yeah, yeah. That weed is just going to engulf your chod or your hinge or whatever, and just and you, you, the fish aren't even going to see it. Mm. So I spent four about four hours raking this spot, <laughs> and in the end, I got it. It was still, it was still coming back with bits on it, and I was like, but that's enough. Like I should be able to get a bait over that. Yeah. And I filled it in that night because I noticed there was a couple of other anglers that had put in a lot of bait and. and Although you like to do your own thing, don't you? You always like to come up with your own plan, but you yeah. can't help but Watch pay others. attention to what's yeah, going mate. around you. Well, yeah, mate, exactly. that's how we all learn. Do you know what I mean? Watching other people, yeah. and you know, especially when pe other people are catching round you, then you're doing something wrong. Do you know what I mean? So you know, yeah. make hay well the sun shines, as they say. And if they're putting bait out and getting bites, you've got to, you've got to follow yeah. suit, mate. It's got to got to be done. And I, yeah, and I um. Ever since, like, bit, up until that point, I'd always been going in with sort of, like, four or five spots or, you know, half a dozen spots, something like that. Just just enough to think, you know, that's enough for a bite. Yeah. It's a small trap. Don't want to make it too blatant because mm. these fish are obviously been fished for for a ridiculous amount of years. And then in the end, I thought, Do you know what? Fuck it, basically. I'm just going to go all guns blazing. I've got two nights in this swim. I'm going to give it some bait. And I filled it in. I put, probably put about three or four kilos. I say filled it in, but I put about three or four kilos of hemp and five kilo of boily. It's okay over the top. Mm. Um, and at this point, I changed baits as well. I was using the Nutter S, um, 
and I decided when it now it got warmer, I wanted to move boat over to a fish mill. So I just yeah. went straight to the SLK. It was the first weekend using the SLK on that. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely filled it in. Um, following morning, had a bite. And funny enough, I was chatting to the fellow next door when I had the bite. Right. And then the receiver went, jogged down there, but nothing had really moved. And I just see the line was pointing like the complete opposite direction, even been had probably only moved it had only let out one bleed yeah and it hadn't it hadn't taken any line or, or given me any yeah but he just obviously gone off the planet so i picked it up and i thought and there's nothing on it and you know winding you winding you winding i said oh god i've been done and i mm. winded it in all of a sudden probably about two three rod lengths up there's slightly been a little bit of tension i think oh felt a little head knock i'm like bloody hell i've got a bite I'm thinking oh <laughs> even if it's a tension like, it's a bite it's yeah yeah off, yeah off fishing effectively Anyway, up pops this scaly little carp, and I was like, bloody hell. <laughs> Do you know, I was so shocked that he was actually a carp. Really? But all that time, you're just thinking, oh, I've been done, or you've been mugged yeah, up by a green yeah. tent or something. Yeah, and it's, it was one of the new little, um, the new stockies that they put in that Dell, the um, yeah. the old like head bailiff that was on there, he's now sadly passed away. Yeah, yeah. He reared a lot of these carp. He like, brought, like, picked up the eggs and stuff out of the weed and, mm. and reared a lot of these own carp, and they've now stocked some of those into the lake. Right. And he's one of those. It's the first one. I think I think it's one they called Butch. Um, it's about six pounds, six pounds an ounce, mm. like that. It was a it was a cracking looking fish, like like perfection in miniature. Was like the only yeah, way. Yeah, a lot like. of them are them new stockies in there. They're absolutely yeah, beautiful. They are, aren't they? They're yeah, really nice. Carp. Yeah, mate. Um, so, that, but that was it. That, that was first buy, and I was like, here we go. We've got something to build from now. So, it, so I, I took the information I got from that. So I'd. Use the SLK, they obviously like the fish meal, that was always a good option. Yeah. Having a bit of particle on there to obviously help clean the spot, it's brought some fish in. Was this off of the spot that you had raked as well, was it, Oh, Yeah, that was off the spot I'd raked, yeah. So um, it obviously worked as well, raking the spot, whether that stirred up some naturals as well, like Mm. like it can do sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought, okay, I'm going to make a note of that spot, all being well, hopefully next session I can get back in there. Mm. and anyway, end of that session, nothing else happened. I just had the one fish, and then I, I went off home, um, and that was it. Now and then, I think I was. I think I'd spent the next couple of weeks at home, like time or rigs and stuff like that. I like got really prepared. I was like, here we go. I know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. I chopped up a load more SLK, got it all pre-soaking in spot syrup and everything. Got a load of hemp prepared as well. So you know, you know when you're not almost too prepared, you've done it all too soon. Now. Yeah, like, I need to go now. And yeah, I think yeah. I think I finished the job early as well, which is like I, I was working like 200 mile an hour trying to get this job done because mm. I knew the following day I'd be able to go, and I ended up doing a longer day that day to get it all finished. Yeah. So I had a, I had an extra day, and I thought, sweet, right, get oh, straight yeah. back down there. And uh, same again as before, I had to do a night somewhere else. The lad in in the one up was going; he was leaving. But you know, I should say, you, do you ever get that feeling like when you're when you're on your way to a session, it like you have something you can't put a pinpoint on it. Yeah, but, but something's so going to positive and happy. Yeah, mate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we've all like, had you that. You feel like you've got a spring in your step. Yeah, like man. Butterflies in your stomach, and you're like, yeah. something feels right this weekend. You drive. I'm driving around the M25, and it's like gridlock in the end. You <laughs> sat there doing nothing for half an hour. You're still buzzing. You've got your music yeah. on now. You're like, something's going to happen this weekend. I yeah. caught one last time and all this stuff. Just going nuts. Get down there, yeah. So, 
dropped back into a different swim. I think I, I think I went back in the reeds again, which was the one I mapped out before. Yeah. And um, dropped in there again, no joy. Managed to move into one up again. I thought, here we go. Right, they're having some bait this time. Another whole bucket of SLK and hemp went back out on the spot. Um, two little milky milk pop-ups as well. So I put two rods on the spot. Mm. Um, sorry, no, I should say I did have to rake it again. Funny enough, the weed had drifted back over it. Right. And as right. I raked it, I was finding some more, there was more chop boiling in there in amongst the weed. So right. somebody else had obviously fished the spot. Okay. Um, so I had to re-rake it anyway. And there was loads of old <coughs> boilies, but the boilies hadn't been eaten. Mm. And they were like, you know, and they stink as well. If you've yeah. ever raked it in with the weed or whatever, mm. and the boiling just reeks like you can tell it's all going off and it's all furry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I didn't, I, it, I then thought, oh, like, is this really the best thing? Should I be looking elsewhere? Mm. And um, in the end, I thought, no, I've got a game plan. I'm going to stick to it. Still, like, seen it, I know by this point, I'd seen a couple show on the plateau as well. So there were fish around, right? But they weren't there in the numbers. And I thought, no, this is a good plan. And you're still talking yourself into it, aren't you? Yeah, the whole mate. time you've got that positive mindset. You're like, this is yeah. this is the way it's going to happen. This is how I'm going to catch that car. Yeah. And um, there's a fellow in the plateau, Brian, who's been a member of Horton for I don't know how many years. He's been there almost as old as the Lakers, I think. Really lovely bloke, and we've been chatting away and all this lot. And I'd I hadn't I'd seen a few carp on the bank, but I had actually um, sort of. You know, I'd seen someone opposite catch or something like that, and I hadn't any, seen any real decent ones. I'd seen a couple of 20-pounders on the back, mm. and that was it. Mm. And we were chatting away, you know, chewing the fat in the evening as the sun was going down. And we were going, oh, you know, that's... Um, like, chatting about some of the older carp in there, and we're talking about, like, Linford, which is a really lovely, dark, linear, not sort of upper 30s. Mm. Some of the old Longfield Commons as well, and we are chatting about the wood carving. Um and he was saying, oh, you know, please don't don't rob me of that fish before it goes. I mean, that fish is, I, I wouldn't like to, you know, I wouldn't like to comment exactly how old it is, but I know it is extremely old. I, I don't know how many more years that fish has got left in it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And that was it. The second he mentioned the name, that that because that was the one, that, the photos that I'd seen all those years ago. Mm. Um, and that, that was, that wood carving was ultimately the reason why I'd gone there. Yeah, um, yeah. And it, it was, it was, you know, it's just one. It's one of those fish that you just look at and you think, yeah, there's not. Oh, really mate, it's out and of this world. It, it well, yeah. hence the name. It is the perfect yeah. carp, isn't it? It's an absolute wood yeah. carving. Yeah, exactly. And then that was basically the whole of our conversation. We were both just sitting there dribbling over photos of this carp, like <laughs> chatting away all evening. And um, and that was it. And then we, we I went to bed. Um, Ollie Davis as well. But funny enough, he's he's a bailiff down there on the on the Kingsmead. Yeah. He had wandered past, and we chatted a little bit. I said, "Yeah, mate." I said, and you know, when you sort of say the joke, you go, "That wood carving's out there somewhere," you know. And he goes, "Yeah, mate. You never know." Yeah. You know, like tap me on the shoulder like that, and he's like, "Have a good one, mate. Be lucky." Went to bed like feeling mega confident. Anyway, about two o'clock in the morning, I get woken up by Brian next door, and he goes, "Ollie, mate." Um, I've got a better fish if you want to have a look. You said you wanted to see one of the better ones. I was like, oh, yeah, nice one. So I got up and helped him with it. Mm. It was one of the VS fish that went in there. I think it was about 37, I believe. Right, nice. That's done Um, well then. Ideal. Yeah, nice looking fish. Much much better size fish that I'd seen on the bank as well. So it was nice to see it, Mm. you know, being part of it with him. He was chuffed a bit. I don't think it... I think it was one he hadn't caught as well, so he was well happy. Yeah. And then again, we were chatting again for a little bit longer, and he, was, and he said to me, "Here, Ollie, I reckon you're going to have one tonight. Like you're on the money here. Like they're they're on there, they're feeding. 
that you know when you're talking yourself up even more. Yeah, yeah. And that was it. I, I struggled to sleep for ages after that. Just sitting there watching. You could hear a boshing. And oh. mate, when when one of those Horton Cart Bosch, Jesus Christ, you'd never heard anything like yeah, it. I, I mean, you probably have because you fish places like Rainbow, but <laughs> I certainly hadn't. I, I the place, the lakes I fish, like you're lucky to see like a, an upper twenty like jumping out or something like that, and then all of a sudden you're looking at these things that are like wider than your van just jumping out <laughs> yeah like jesus christ it literally sounds like someone's dropped a full transit in the lake yeah one of these things cows to... jumping out in the ponds that's, you yeah know, that's what it's i couldn't the... believe it so yeah. so it's wide-eyed and everything just watching the water for ages and i don't actually remember going back into bed that night i was so excited right and i just i just remember waking up in the morning and i was and then nothing had happened and i was gutted mm. i was like Something should have happened, mm. and you know you got your head in your hands. And then I had a, I had a single bleep on the right hand rod, and I turned around and looked, and then it just dropped back down again. And I was like, ah, oh, just, just all, all of that excitement just completely left me. The minute I woke up, I was like, something should have happened in the night. They were there at night. Hadn't seen one show as well when I when I first woke up. Yeah, so I was like. I don't think they're here anymore. I reckon they've done me off and they've mugged me off again. Mm. So I rolled back over in the end. I just, my mentality just changed and I just, I just wasn't, wasn't feeling it anymore. And I just rolled back over and like, nah, I'm just going to go back to bed. And probably another good hour or so. Um, woke up again at about eight o'clock. Um, again, still nothing. And I was like, oh, I forgot. So I didn't even get out of bed. Normally I'd get out of bed, make myself a brew and sit right on the water's edge and just, have my eyes on the wall and didn't yeah, bother yeah. doing that yeah I thought just just all frustrated sitting there anyway I've got my back to my rod so I'm facing the back of my bivvy in the end I've just rolled over and and I've heard a couple of bleeps and I've, I've sort of thought ah oh, it's a minor turned round bobbins right at the top pulled up tight <laughs> I'm like oh hello pulled like ripped open the sleeping bag just as I was about to go and like, reach from my shoe somewhere, this thing has absolutely busted off. Like, I thought it was going to break my reel, this thing just absolutely <laughs> erupted. Well, Jesus Christ, didn't even put my shoes on or anything, just legged it straight out there, still bleary-eyed, like hands shaking, picked up the rod, and I felt it. It was sort of, I was using leg clips at the time that were dropping off straight away. Then mm. it come up, and then I felt it, after it drifted to the left, sort of, probably only half a rod length, I felt it plummet straight down into the deep water. Right. So if, you, if you're on like sort of four foots on the plateau, mm. it went straight off the edge of the plateau, straight down to the bottom. I could sort of feel it as it went straight down. And then, to be honest, mate, not long after that, the, the fish didn't really do a great deal. It right. sort of drifted in a little bit, a few head knocks, didn't really take much more line. It melted off on the take, and then came in like a dog on a lead. Mm. And it came straight into the margins, and you had a lot of overhanging trees at that time. Um, right down my left-hand margin, you, I saw it then kited and almost flat-rodded me. I had to get the tip under the water, and it went through a load of lily pads and, and, and cabbages that were sort of down there. Right. And it sort of grated a little bit, but then it, it pulled for all right. It wasn't wasn't actually too scary. Mm. Look, looking back, anyway, at the time, I was in desperate need of a change of pants. Like, it was pretty <laughs> scary to me. Yeah, I bet. But it came through fine. I don't know why I was worrying. It was <laughs> fine. Like, it was, you know, yeah, it wasn't... It was a line. It wasn't really going for it. It yeah. flat-rodded me because I probably wasn't as prepared for it. Mm. And then it came back in in front of me, and then it started pulling away in front, and then it just literally just popped straight up. I just see the, like, the leader knot came up, then the lid clip, and I just see this black head 
just popped straight up with a little little round mouth, just popped straight out, literally directly in front of me, about probably two, three rod links. Mm. And I thought, oh, that's a banger. I was like, oh, that's a dark one. Like, couldn't see anything else, just saw its head. Yeah, and yeah. It didn't, the head didn't look that big. I thought, it's still like a, it's still a banger, like that's still a better one, that's not a stocky. Yeah. And then it rolled, and it rolled, and then went straight down to the, the bottom and started taking nine again. But as it rolled, I saw a flank of just perfectly uniform, massive apple slice scales <laughs> with a black back and then like real reddish shit. Oh, I saw every single colour and tone on that fish as it turned. Wow. And my knees went to jelly. <laughs> I was like, I, I, was, I, I, don't, I don't even know how I can describe it. I was like, um, I don't know what to do now. And then it just went off. Then it, it went off. Luckily enough, it went off in one lunge, and then it turned around and came straight back in. And it popped straight up to the surface again, in the same place, two, three wood links out. And it just came. It literally like a flat. It just floundered on the surface and mm. just came in straight flat on the surface. I'm like, I, I don't know how I was even holding my net. It was shaking that much. It was, all, you know, it's just it's all a bit of a blur to be honest. And then it just went straight in the net. Like wow. it, was, it was probably one of the easiest I've had on a bigger fish. Yeah. Looking back. At the time, because because you don't know what it is, and because I've worked so hard to try and get the first yeah, bite, yeah, yeah, that second bite took me by surprise. If you remember, only ten minutes before, I was rolling over, not even bothering looking at the water. Yeah. I wasn't really feeling it anymore. Mm. And then when it happened, so it just caught me so off guard. Yeah, yeah. And um, and that was it. And at, at that point, I, I I knew what it was, but you know, there's still that part of you. And yeah, you doubt it. Knee. Yeah. It was in the net. <clears> dropped the net on the floor. I just dropped the rod on the floor as well and I just fell to my knees and I just put my head like my face in my hands I was like oh my god like are you having a laugh <laughs> and then I looked in lifted up the net like you do you, you flick on his side and then yeah I, I, funny enough um, a friend Carl was, was on the lake opposite and he yeah. was watching the whole time and I rang him straight away and I was like he was like oh you have one boy yeah nice one way. and all this not like all happy and I was like I probably sounded really angry with him at first. I was like, shut up. You have no idea what I've got. <laughs> he was like, what? I was like, it's a fucking wood carpet. <laughs> and he was yeah. like, oh, shut up. And he was like, yeah. And he was like, shut up. It's not really. And I was like, seriously, it is. 100% it's got to be. There's nothing else in there that looks like that. Mm. And um, and he was like, oh, like, oh no, I, I can't even remember the conversation now. But there was a lot of swearing and a lot of shouting at each yeah, other and cheering. I bet there was. And no. I just took five, sat down, made a cup of tea, and um, Brian, the lad next door, he saw that he was fast asleep. Um, and it, you could hear him snoring. Like this is the thing with Brian: if you're ever next door to him, you can hear him snoring <laughs> next door. Yeah. So I knew he was still asleep, and then he he peered his head round while I'd made myself a cup of tea and tried to calm down. And the night before, obviously, we'd been having discussions about the, the thing, and it started dawning yeah. on me how we, we must have like, almost talked that fish yeah, off the bank. Yeah, wicked, wicked. Um, like Ollie Davis having, popping over going, yeah, it might be out there, and me and Brian having that chat as well. And he popped yeah. his head out from his, the roof of his bib and went, Ollie, have you had one? I was like, yeah. He went, oh, mate, I'm so happy for you. Like, well done. Like, what have you had? <laughs> oh, it's the wood carving. <laughs> and his fate, but bearing in mind, his... He'd said to me before, he was praying, looking at the sky, going, please, God, don't rob me of this fish before it goes. I know. Like he, he's, he's, seen, he's seen that carp on the bank, I think, four times. And oh. And he photographed it. 
and he hasn't caught it, and he's been there like 20 years. Oh. And, it, <laughs> and it, it, this fish does capture as well, but just for whatever reason, it's just not happened for him. Yeah. And when I said it was a wood carving, he went, rather than you know, <laughs> thinking like, oh, like awesome and coming over, he just went, no. <laughs> <laughs> He, he was over the moon for me and he helped me out and he was an absolute godsend and you know he's such a lovely bloke but I, I, I did feel from at that point what I was like legend. I know how much you want to catch <laughs> and I dropped it next to you and gone and had it like, oh, probably, the spot's probably only a few rod lengths away really in essence wow. when you look at it and that fish probably would have been drifting over his spot as well but oh. it's one of those isn't it when your luck's in your luck's in Mate, you know, that, that fish was the one I went there for and I had it in the second bite on the lake and it wow. was what my, I think it was my 19th, 20th night of the season. Wow. Um, Mega. Just before it spawned, 38 and a half pounds, pretty good weight for it. Yeah. Yeah. Weight yeah, irrelevant for a fish photos. like that entirely. But, yeah. mate, what a magnificent yeah, exactly. carp, man. Even though it's not my PB, that will always be my personal best. Yeah. That, that one. Just, just the way it all happened and just the luck of it all and, you know, everyone else that was around that made it such a good memory. It was, yeah. I'll never relive that. Yeah, mate, amazing, amazing. And that, mate, to be fair, is probably a very good time to end on on that perfect story of catching the wood carving from Horton, mate. Absolutely mega, mega. Are you still in contact with that Brian, though? Do you know whether he's had it since? Yeah, still see him. Um, no, I don't think he's had it. Oh. He's had, I mean, he's had pretty much every other fish in that lake. Yeah, but, um, yeah he's, still not, he's still not had that one. Um, oh, still right. speak to him every every so often. Yeah. I've seen him around the complex and stuff. Um, but yeah, no, he, no, he still hasn't had it. But his day will come. Yeah, mate, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Ollie, <laughs> thank you for your time, dude. And uh, yeah, thank you no, for telling pleasure, us mate. that wonderful story of catching the wood carving as well, mate. Absolute legend. No problem, was there any time, mate? Cheers, mate. Speak to you soon. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that interview there with Ollie on that fantastic capture he had with none other than the wood carving. What a carp that is, absolutely mega. If you've not seen a photo of that fish before, go and check out our Instagram page. We will post up a recent photo of Ollie with uh, that fish. Well, not a recent photo, obviously, but we'll post up a photo on our Instagram of that fish and our social media as well. Guys, if you've placed a bait order with DNA, we are working flat out to get your orders out as soon as possible. So yeah, please bear with us. The boys are working so hard in the factory to get all of your orders out as quick as possible to everyone. So you try and be a little bit patient if your orders um, yeah, maybe a little bit late with the courier services at the moment. It's all absolute mayhem out there. So yeah, please be patient with us and uh, we're doing our utmost. You know, the boys are working so, so hard to get make sure that all of you guys are getting everything that you've ordered. You know, we value every single one of our customers. So yeah, um, yeah, please bear with us at this busy period we're having at the moment. Um, if you could leave us a review, that would be amazing. Uh, we do read every single one of the reviews on iTunes. If you, yeah, just if you've got a spare moment, 
just give us a little bit of feedback that would be lovely and perhaps um some feedback on you know other stuff you'd like us to chat about on this podcast on this platform sort of thing so that's it guys until next time i will speak to you soon stay safe stay well